You're listening to the Write Project Podcast and Radio Program. This is a show about writing and modern Newfoundland author culture. This show is produced and recorded at CHMR 93.5 FM in Newfoundland and can be heard on that station and online at chmr.ca. I am your host, Matthew LeDrew, founder of Engine Books and author of the Xander Drew series, a supernatural detective thriller from Engine Books. If you'd like to subscribe to get bonus content, including an extra episode every month, you can do that in the description below. Thank you for joining us. Let's see what we have today. All right. Thank you for joining me for another very special episode of the Right Project podcast. I know I say that they are all special, but this one really is. Uh, we are on the line with Catherine Taylor, uh, the incredible host of Let's Get Writing uh, and the mastermind between behind Catherine Taylor Media, but also most recently the author of Misty's Misadventures, a romantic comedy. If you've ever felt at rock bottom and wondered which way was up, Misty's Misadventures will restore your faith in the impossible. If Bridget Jones met the Gilmore Girls, the result would be Misty's Misadventures. Uh, tell me about this. Thank you for joining us, first of all, Catherine. My pleasure. Awesome, awesome. Tell me about this book, because at first glance, like, it's not my cup of tea, but the more I read about it, the more I see about it everywhere, I'm like, this might actually be my cup of tea. Just just give me the rundown on this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I do think quite often that the market for Misty's misadventures would be women. <laughs> but, you know, there have been a few men who've read it, who've enjoyed it. So I'm not going to discourage you. But it, it's a feel-good story. Um, and when you look at the market of romantic comedy, that's sort of what it's meant to be. We see all kinds of it on TV. And there are so many books that are out there in that genre and that's exactly what it is. It's a, a kind of a fish out of water story where Misty ends up back in Newfoundland to reinvent herself in a very small community called Charlie's Cove. And uh, things are different. Uh, she, she did grow up in Newfoundland, but she'd been away and she'd never really planned to come back um, in this manner with uh, being divorced, with two kids, no money, um, bankrupt, in fact. So once she got there, the community opened their arms. They're a little eccentric. They helped her out. She made some great mistakes, <laughs> such as buying the bed of enticement. Uh, and there are some quirky, quirky characters in there. So I had a lot of fun getting to know them and getting to know her. And um, I, really, I, I really like her. I hope the people reading the book like her as well. That sounds wonderful. That sounds... Um... It sounds a little uh, like like the coming to a town and learning and and the, the quir meeting the quirky townsfolk kind of thing. That sounds very um, the Grand Seduction in in a way. Uh, that movie that came out a few years back from Newfoundland. I, I could definitely see. I that enjoyed guy. that movie. Me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. It it, it sort of, I guess, but I, I mean, I had the book written before that movie. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That. Of course, <laughs> of course. I'm thinking more but of a, a smash up. Yeah, yeah. I think what you're touching on, if I'm correct, is that feeling of that small community and their resilience and how they gather around to make things happen. And, and they gather around Misty. 
most of them want things to go well for her. Not all of them. You got to have a bit of conflict. But there is that feeling of Newfoundland opening its arms and embracing one of one of his own back again into the fold. There is there is that warm, fuzzy feeling and a sense of peace that comes to her once she feels grounded there again and can find herself and, and regain confidence in her abilities. So there, there is that sort of fun thing and also a, a really emotional, I guess, transformation for her. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. I've got <laughs> a series of very strange questions to ask you, Catherine, and see uh, oh, joy. what you think of them. <laughs> All right. Catherine Taylor, if you uh, were going to be stranded on a desert island for the rest of your life and you could only bring three books with you, what three would you bring? My Lord, you should have given me a heads up on this one. Oh, oh, well, I definitely would bring one of Thomas Perry's books. And I I love his his stories. I'm trying to think of the one that I read it over and over again, but it was one of the Jane stories, um, Jane Whitefield. Definitely, I would have that Thomas Perry book there, 100%. Um, and I probably would have to have a really, really good mystery. You know, I'm addicted to those kind of books. Even though I write comedy, I love the mystery. And I'm trying to think think of one right now. See, I knew you'd do this. You did this to me. I'm going to be general in my answer because um, I'm away from all my books. Sure. But it would it would definitely be, you know, like an Alfred Hitchcock type of thing. And uh, it could even be the Alfred Hitchcock Mystery Magazine, like a 10-foot stack of them. That could go if I would be allowed to have it. Yeah. And then, of course, the third one would probably be something like, I don't know, Bridget Jones' Diary. Or there was one... Also, that that author wrote that was about Olivia Jules, okay. another interesting character, and um, it'd have to be that. I'd have to cut. I'd have to have that combination. I think of what I just said. I know. Yeah, it, it was the Thomas Perry. Definitely, I always get all his books. Then, it, then it really, he's he's riveting, but uh, like a real like mystery. I just read a really. Um, engaging book that I really enjoyed and uh, for the life of me <laughs> I can't think of what it was it was The Huntress actually oh, yep, and um, yeah so something like that that, that covers a, a lot of stories within the story and then also a romantic comedy absolutely that's my that's my area <laughs> sounds good sounds good uh, Catherine Taylor uh, what is your favorite Public domain book, a book that's old enough to be in the public domain, a classic. Whew, geez, you didn't tell me these were going to be hard questions. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let me think. I have to, you know, this is really, I grew up in theater and I, 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 Everything I lived, breathed, and breathed and did coming out of high school was theater, and that's all I studied in university. So I'm going to say Shakespeare, an anthology of Shakespeare. I love those stories, and especially like A Midsummer Night's Dream. And I, in fact, I, you know, if if I was found on that island, 
you know, I'm, someone might think I had lost my mind for many reasons because I probably be, would be performing uh, some reenactment of something in Shakespeare. Maybe at that point it would be, I'm trying to think that the, the woman who loses, well, there's many who lose their minds, but I was in The Tempest and uh, Miranda, maybe I'd be, you know, with Shakespeare, I could not be lonely. I could uh-huh. definitely pretend. So I, I would, I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Plus, I do... could have fun with accents. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's always fun with the accent. Um, oh yes. Let's go course. a little bit. Of course, of course. Let's go a little bit different now. Uh, a little bit easier on you, uh, Catherine Taylor. What is your favorite place to read? So when you when you need to curl up with a book, is it your couch? Is it outside? Is it in a hammock? Where do you go to read? Could be almost anywhere, um, but I do really like to go into my kind of great room. In that area, there's lots of windows. I can see outside, and I have a fireplace, and I love going into that room and curling up with a nice, uh, a nice blanket and comfortable pillows and my poodles. Yeah, that and and that is my winter fall spring type of place and in the summer it would be my patio in the shade where I could actually see the book (laughs) but yeah or on my boat I I like it on the boat too just kind of tucked in there on the water if we drop anchor and you're just out there and feeling and smelling all the smells and things of Newfoundland on the water I like to read there Yeah. yeah that sounds gorgeous um, that sounds like it would be beautiful mm. on the three good days that we have a year. Other than that, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Better be more than three good days. I live I live for the summer, my favorite season. Oh, I'm in the uh, wrong province. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Catherine Taylor, this is a very serious question. It's not really. This is a very silly question. Uh, if you and your body of work as a writer your your existence as a writer and a writing personality were smooshed up and made into a jam what flavor of jam would it be oh boy i i mean oh mean this is this is very interesting you know what came to mind was raspberry and that doesn't sound all that exciting, but I just happen to really like it. And so it has, it, it's the color that you'd have to have a bright color. If all my stuff was smooshed up, it would have that energy and color. It'd have to have a great taste because I wouldn't want people to keep coming back for more. And a little bit, it's, it's not a tart berry, but I, it just, it's, it's um, a versatile berry. So yeah, those are all the reasons why it's going to be raspberry. I mean, everybody, everybody likes strawberries, but the raspberry is a very pretty fruit that gets a little overshadowed by the strawberries. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, (laughs) Catherine Taylor, what is your favorite childhood book? Uh, a book either that you read as a child or that you read to children, either one. Oh, well, I'm going to pick the one that I read to my children over and over. If um, 
if a moose, we, we, we shorten it to moose muffin, but if you give a moose a muffin, um, this is what he'll do with it. And um, reading books to children was a big, big thing for me. And even like making them up and, and, and writing them in my head, you know, I should have, I should have recorded all of that. And the kids tell me that too. But um, give a moose a muffin, and and maybe it's the Newfoundlander in me coming out. But the character is this moose with the big antlers, and he's uh, doing the most crazy things. But he he's a very sentimental moose, and he you know yearns for things remind him of stuff like you know his grandmother's knitted sweaters or his mother making muffins and things like that. So it's a really entertaining, fun story and a great choice for someone from Newfoundland because of course the moose are part of our lives. <laughs> but that was one of the really fun ones that we had. We had a lot of fun with. And uh, um, I also like to do voices when I read the books. <laughs> big time, big time. I can understand why. Yeah. The, <laughs> if you give a moose a muffin, is that like, is that one of the spin-offs of the if you give a mouse a cookie books? I don't know because I didn't ever see that, but it sounds like it could be. Sounds yeah. like it could, could be. I'm thinking this would have been about uh let me see. Well, my kids are like 30 in yeah. that age. So, you know, you gotta go back 25 years when we would be reading that. Yeah. Did I say that? I didn't say that. You got to No, you can't keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Catherine uh, Taylor, what is the first book you remember that made you cry? If any ever has. Hmm, I don't read a lot of sad, emotional books a lot, but you know, I'd have to go back to, and I'm thinking I had it. I think I might have had it in a book would have been um, Love Story. Was that in a book or is it just a movie I'm thinking of? Remember that with Ryan O'Neill and yeah. Ali McGraw? It was the movie. It was some, it would have been something like, like that. I'm, I'm thinking I had it in a book form, but maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm cross-referencing because I'm a big movie person too. When it comes to how I spend my time, I go on binges of reading. And then I go on binges of watching, watching things because my, my mind's always thinking toward video. And so, but that's what comes to mind. Okay. That would, that would, that would cause me to shed a tear. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so did publishing your first book change the writing process or how you look at the writing process for you, Catherine? Also, quick note, Write Project fans, while I have you, my latest book, As Loved Our Fathers, is on store shelves now. If you're listening to this online, you can see a link to it down in the description. I would really appreciate it if you can check it out. It's a hunt for the Holy Grail set in Newfoundland and really examines Newfoundland history. It's my most personal novel to date and brings in a lot of my thoughts on Newfoundland and Newfoundland culture that we've touched on on this show, but I've never really gotten into in my writing. So I'm really interested to see what people think of it. Please give it a check out if you have the ability. Well, it just, 
to me, the writing process is a challenging process because I find the sitting down and to get all that, get myself down there and to start on it is always challenging. But once I start, and I think you'll relate to this, once I get stuff going, then I'm I'm good. That is to get myself back down. So I think what it did for me was to actually make me feel excited about doing more. And it got me thinking already a lot more. I guess I should be writing <laughs> more than thinking, but maybe that's how it's going to unfold for me. Um, it's gotten me in my head already processing ideas and scenarios that are going to come out on paper. So it didn't it didn't intimidate me or make me feel like, oh, okay, I'm, I'll never think of anything again. Not like that. But I think it inspired me to say, you did it. <laughs> you actually talked about it and you did it. So if you've done it once, you can do it again. So I think it's been motivating. And also a sense of accomplishment came with it that made me feel like, yeah, this was something I wanted to do my whole life. I mean, people, I pick up someone like, um, if you look at J.D. Robb or Nora Roberts and, or people like Patterson, like how they put out the books. And, and you see, these are the people that make tremendous livings from writing, writing books. And people like me who spend so much time writing one book, it's not, it's not like you said, it's not um, that you write a book to become rich or anything. You which we know is virtually impossible. Um, but you write a book because it's a part of your soul and you want to share that. And it's something that you want to get out. And when you've done it and you can hold it in your hands, it feels pretty good. So I think what it's done for me is just to validate that I can do it and I can do it again. I agree. That's wonderful. That's excellent. Yeah, no, that's it. That is interesting. I think I don't stop and think about that enough. Like that, that idea that like, cause I've been doing this for so long that like, it, it, it never enters my mind that I wouldn't be able to like, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's odd. You almost start to take it for granted a little bit. Um, if, if that makes sense, like, with me it's the train is keeps moving you know what i mean so i i don't mm -hmm. i don't ever stop long enough to really appreciate uh the the everything that's led me to this point which is not great it's 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 not healthy <laughs> well it's good to stop sometimes and just you know relish the moment feel the moment think about what you have and i mean you you do write so many books matt I mean, you're 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 at it so much. I write a lot of articles um, over and above the books, and I've written a lot as my profession in public relations over the years. I've written articles for newspapers. I worked as a journalist at one point, um, covering things. So I've always been writing, but that thing to to put it into a book was a bigger deal for me. I was working in a lot of other um, areas. And so I always had to carve out that time and I found different ways to do it. So it wasn't a quick project, but hopefully the next one will come much faster. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. That's always the hope. Uh, you, you hope that you become more and more um, 
what she mechan not mechanical because that makes it sound like the soul's gone to do it. But you you hope that you can kind of get into the rhythm of it and and be like, okay, I know how to do this now and flex your muscles and just yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's things you learn along the way. <laughs> you do you figure you figure things out for sure. And I also uh, wrote a, a movie script after I wrote the book and. Um, you know, worked with an editor on that. And so that was really interesting. And going back and looking at that, and I'm working on that now, that's sort of where my energy and focus is, is to hopefully get either a series or a film out of this. Okay, that makes sense. I like it. Um, Catherine Taylor, what's the best money you ever spent on your career as a writer? It can be anything. It can be a trip. It can be a typewriter. It can be a notebook. As long as, like, in your head, you thought to yourself, it's okay to spend this money because it's for my writing. <laughs> the very first thing that pops into mind was uh, getting a computer, really, on the very early, early uh and of computers i mean when it was dos and i had you know i actually we were getting a computer into the house and it's like what are we spending all this money on this thing for and i was like geez really okay <laughs> so anyway we ended up with the the computer and then all of a sudden i was making my living off of it i was it was like everything i did was on that computer that was the best thing that we ever bought and uh and at the time i mean we were like that's when they weren't common that's when it was like cumbersome to even work with them so but it was getting in early and learning and you know i actually i had a job where i had a secretary and i used to dictate everything and she would go out and type it up and bring it back to me and i'd look at it make changes and she'd go change it and i was like oh i said listen i need to learn how to to, to do this. I need to learn how to do what you do. So I want you to teach me. And she did. And then uh, therefore ever after, you know, I was able to work with the computers and that just sped up what I did. That was the best thing I ever bought. I mean, yeah, I've gotten a lot of things, of course, since and really advanced in what I can. <laughs> that and taking the typing course at the vocational school one summer. That was very helpful. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't be, cost anything. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, uh, I, I I had computers very early on too, some of the, the earliest ones. And just being able to, again, like to to learn to write on the computer kind of thing, to learn to, to have that experience and to, you know what, writing is one of those hobbies where the, the, the barrier for entry is low. You know what I mean? Like it's either a pad and pencil <laughs> or just a word processor. And it's it's back in the day when we called them word processors. When I call them word processors yeah. now, kids look at me like I'm insane. Oh yeah, yeah. When you think about it, the fax machine was the big thing back then, and 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 technology. And so, what I learned from that, I've always been really open to technology. I'm definitely open to technology, and I've got it all going. <laughs> I've got you know this here and that there. After that, I would have to say my favorite thing is my iMac. I love that big thing, but it's not transportable. But I, I love working on that. Hmm. Awesome. 
Uh, Catherine Taylor, this is a question. I'm a giant child, so I love this question, and I have to ask everyone this question, uh, no matter how many I skip. If uh, What is your favorite comic book character, if you have one? Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, it has to be... Uh, I'm going to say Supergirl. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went. I yeah, she was my choice for Halloween. <laughs> I had a great Supergirl costume, and yeah, she was she was pretty, pretty neat. I liked her. I didn't get Wonder Woman the same way. Like it was Supergirl I went for. Okay, I like that. I like that. I, I can't Supergirl. go deep. I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen a comic book for a lot of years. But now you got me thinking. Hmm, I'm gonna have to go check out comic books. I don't know that like. There, there is always you can go deep, but like the ones that are like universal and the ones that people talk about are the ones that are like have permeated. Like, even if you've never picked up a comic book, you are culturally aware of Superman. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. Speaking of our friend Superman, uh, Catherine Taylor, what is your writing kryptonite? If you are trying to get writing done and this happens, it just stops the writing for the day. Like it could be an event or a, a thought or something like that. But what what disrupts your writing? What disrupt? Am I allowed to say my husband? Yes, of course you are. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's he's always interrupting with an important project that must be done immediately or cannot be completed without my assistance. That's a bit of a writing kryptonite. Like my work's important too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That 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 definitely does it. And I think if I don't shut things down, because I'm one of these people that I can be distracted by many things very easily so i have to have a very uh, pristine clean type of environment around me so if somebody comes in and messes up my space or is asking me questions all the time that yeah that, that just shuts it down i'm like okay i either have to poison you <laughs> or <laughs> or i better take a break yeah 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 i hear you Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Catherine Taylor, for coming on The Right Project. Uh, everyone, please check out her book coming up now soon. Coming up, come out now. Uh, check out Misty and all her misadventures uh, wherever fine books are sold. Thank you for coming on again, Catherine. Oh, thank you, Matt. It was a real pleasure. Now i got to go and start checking out the exact names of those books I was trying to tell you about. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Right Project Podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're interested in any of the books that we've featured here today, there are links in the description for you to purchase those books on Amazon. And when you use those links, Amazon kicks a tiny portion of it back to the channel, which is lovely. It helps everybody. It helps the author with the sale, helps the channel, and it helps you find new wonderful books. Either way, thank you so much for listening. It's really appreciated. We'll be here every Monday at 4 p.m. on CHMR and chmr.ca, as well as every Wednesday in 2023 at 2 p.m. with a special episode highlighting Breakwater Books 
and their 50 years of success in Newfoundland publishing. Be sure to check both out. Please tune in and we'll talk more about writing culture and writing culture in Newfoundland.